in the air again. Western Terrace again. Six again. Is it six and Western Terrace or Western Terrace? You've absolutely butchered it. I mean, you shit at cricket. It sounds really nice on the stump line. There won't be any bias in this podcast. I now can't forward this to any of my friends. The View from the Western Terrace with Luca and Coxie. Hello and welcome to an episode of The View from the Western Terrace. We've been away for a while, but it is an absolute pleasure to be able to say that I am back. I'm here. I'm Luca. And I'm with my good friend and co-host, Charles Cox. Um, how are you, brother? I'm back. I'm here. And I'm Charlie. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah. I'm having a bit of headphone issue. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can no? hear all of that. That's Sorry about that. Smart. That's one for you, Leo. Cheers now. <laughs> Hopefully that's sorted. Yeah, I'm, I'm very well, thanks, mate. I feel like I'm back in some good areas, actually. Good um, man. Talk to me about that. Well, watching some watching some live sport recently uh, with you. So we we were at Twickenham last we Saturday for a massive game, a huge a game, a sellout game at Twickenham. Um, England versus Tonga, the first of our autumn internationals, England's autumn internationals, and it was a sellout, which was class. I mean, we've been to some autumn internationals at Twickenham before, where the atmosphere is. A bit flat, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, 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 it wasn't flat. It wasn't no, flat it wasn't. on Saturday. It was class. And um, I mean, I thought England looked world class. I mean, they looked absolutely well, performance. Box um, yeah, it was, it was a funny old game. It was like, nice to see that Eddie Jones has made some typically abhorrent comments since about, um, about Marcus Smith. Always lovely to see. Um, yeah. Referring to Emma Raducanu as a as a young girl who won the US Open, didn't even give her a name, which is you know what a good bloke, lovely, lovely to have a coach that you can really get behind. The bloke's yeah. an absolute stinker. I cannot tolerate him. I couldn't tolerate the silly old rubbish that he chatted when Saracens were the best team since the Crusaders in two thousand and eight. Just unnecessary drivel. They've got Brad Barrett running into brick walls in the centres, mate. Like, you, you're having an absolute draft. That 08 team had Dan... Oh, just pull the other one. He makes controversial comments. I can handle it when it's about rugby. The bloke loves to rub people up the wrong way. But when you're just openly being offensive, just just pull the other one. Go home. Yeah. Got yeah. no time for me. There's, and we've talked about it a little bit before with coaches tr- maybe trying to change the media narrative or something it just seemed like a really apart from you know it being just offensive and patronizing it was like England have won um they've played well you're not under pressure why are you throwing hand grenades now but he he unfortunately likes he likes the limelight and he likes to he likes to rattle a few feathers um so 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 that's what he does but yeah I know this is a rugby pod but I think with the whole, you know, you, you you pull on Marcus Smith, he plays an absolute blinder. The bloke, every time you watch him play, uh, and it, it doesn't take a... No one needs to listen to a podcast to know how good the guy is. But all you've been asked is, are you going to give him a start against Australia? Are you going to give him a start against South Africa? People just want to watch the kid play because in reality, 
he he that what he did last year with Harlequins was extraordinary. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I can I can understand why England fans would be getting romantic and wanting that to happen to the England team. See that style of rugby. Um, I just think to unnecessarily offend, um, you know, someone else from another sport that you, you've got nothing to do with. Um, it really wound me yeah. up, as you can tell. I mean, but in in the, the context as well, just to on that as well, the final thing is like what what she's achieved is incredible. And what's happened since then is in no way takes away from it. It's not like, even you know, the comments would be unfair if she had spiralled out of control and never won a game again. You know, then it would be, it would still be a, a mean and an unfair comment. The reality is it's like six months down the line. Nothing's happened yet. Yeah. We're not in a position to comment on it. It's just a We've bizarre... We've another grand slam. Yeah. Anyway, moving anyway, on. this isn't a rugby pod. It's not a rugby pod. We're here. This one is for the cricket lovers out there. Bit um, cricket. Yeah, because um, although it is winter, it's fast becoming winter in the UK, and it's light when you wake up, and it's, sorry, it's not light when you wake up. It's certainly not light when you go to bed. <laughs> it's dark when you leave work. It's dark all the time. It's raining all the time. It is, yeah. in fact, coming into summer in Australia, and that means one thing. What does it mean, Snow? It means we're going down under for the ashes, Charles. Um, and it's, I don't think it's, I don't think there's been many scarier tours going down under um, than, than this one. I think not necessarily because we're playing the most formidable Australian side of all time, but it is, it's nervy, the state of the England side at the moment. Um, yeah. We struggled to win test series on home soil. And now we're going down to a place which is notoriously difficult to win test matches. And, and it's going to be tough, but it's it's always fun to review these things. And it starts on the 8th of December. So we're pretty much, as you mentioned a minute ago, we're pretty much exactly a month out. We're a month out. And this is officially the sole focus of the England men's cricket side. Because yeah. as of about half an hour ago, we are no longer in the ICC World T20. Um, so just before yeah. we go on to the to the Red Bull stuff, which is really you know, our main, our meat and spuds, as you would say. Uh, just a, your thoughts on uh, England's white ball side. Plenty of your thoughts. Um, I mean, crumbs. I feel like I could go off on an absolute rant, but no one wants to hear that. Um, I, the first thing I want to mention about that game is Daryl Mitchell. Remarkable knock. Absolutely remarkable knock. To anchor the innings from, from the first over and go through... And I don't know if you saw, and I don't know if anyone got saw it, because I'm sure plenty of people were working. Um, but when, there, when it was getting tentative and Adil Rashid was bowling the 18th over, Nisham clothed one past Rashid. And Mitchell just blocked Rashid's running line so he couldn't clean it up and field it. And there was a clear single there. It ran past Rashid. Nisham started to go. Mitchell sent him back was like, I'm not going to win this off the back of, you know, we know that there's been some incredibly tight fixtures between England and New Zealand before. The Super over being the main one, wasn't going to win it with that um, and sent it back. And I was like, you know what, if you go on and make, I think it was 71 or 45 balls or something in the end, you, you, and, you and you carry yourself like that, you're a great bloke. So Daryl Mitchell, winner of the day for me. They're a, um, they're a classy outfit, aren't they? The New Zealand cricket team. Yeah, great. I, I just wish I could say the same about the rugby team, but 
Yeah. That's for yeah, another so day, God, really. So do I. Yeah, they leave a bit to be designed. But no, it's, 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 it, it is remarkable. Like that team for a while, it's like everyone's second team. Like everyone likes it when New Zealand win. They just seem to do it in the right way. They play a good brand of cricket and they seem like good blokes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it was tough to can... watch Chris Jordan. It was tough to watch Chris Jordan bowl that over. But um, I think KP um, had some wise words afterwards. Like you, you, you can't even, certainly as an armchair fan. And, and I think, I don't think anyone models an armchair fan quite as much as me. Um, you can't even imagine the, the, the stress that the bowlers are under. Like KP put it as you bowl three good balls and you're walking back to your run up thinking, all right, how am I going to change it up? How am I going to, because, because they now, they've now worked that out. So how am I going to freshen it up? How am I going to get this guy out? How am I going to stop them scoring runs? Chris Jordan went for six early doors. Nisham didn't really connect with it, but still pulled him over mid wicket. And, and the pressure builds from there. So in in and especially in Abu Dhabi, where I can't even imagine what it's like being a seamer in the 18th, sorry, in the in the 17th over. The ball is no doubt slippy. Willie obviously said that thing about they're going to practice dunking balls in water and running in and bowling with them because it's that slippy. So I don't I, I don't hold anything against Chris Jordan, but it was hard to watch because I love that bloke. Um, and I think he's a terrific, I think he's a terrific bowler. Silverwood obviously said that he never, ever stops working on his bowling. So it's obviously tough to watch a, a bloke go for those runs. But in the end, they won it with an over to spare. Um, yeah, and England's white ball side, in, in all seriousness, is is ridiculously strong. But they really did miss Mills today. Um, yeah. As, yeah, they really it's miss Mills. Interesting as well, just um, you know, reflecting on what Dawid Milan needs to do to get a mention after a game. Because... I mean, he, he played a pretty important knock today for England. And in the post-game stuff, they literally, they, they, they literally name-checked everyone except from him. And I don't yeah. know whether it, it's, it's a bizarre thing. And, it, and if I was him, it would drive me absolutely insane. It, it literally does not matter how well he plays. Blokes want to drop him. Um, yeah. I mean, at this, when, when, him and, when him and Moeen were together at, at like pretty sort of just as the power play was finishing or just after the power play, England are in a spot of bother down at Elroy Farm. And that is literally where, that is why Milan's in the team. It's for that situation. And he came in and did li- exactly what his job is. And when Moeen, Moeen couldn't hit it for the first half of his innings and Milan was just putting blokes over extra cover for fun. Um, yeah. And it was a pleasure to watch, Luca, I must say. Yeah, no, I think Milan... And I just think, I think a, bit of justice, a bit of justice for Milan is required. Yeah, a bit, it's, he's done, been done a gross misservice. I think one of the... Darren Sammy can, continues to call him da- David, <laughs> which I like. I like that he's sticking yeah. with it. David Milan. Yeah, fair. Um, no, I so think with Milan, on, I, I actually David. got really... I got really wound up in the West Indies game because they kept Morgan... Like I, I've never seen that whole narrative around like he plinks it, feet seep into the seep into the squad and then they're chasing 55 against the West Indies and Morgan's sending out every bloke. Wickets are falling. He sends out he sends out Roy and Butler. Roy falls, sends out Bairstow. Bairstow falls, sends out Livingston. Livingston falls, sends out himself. It's like Melange number three. Like, like he can get to 55. Like, I understand the net run rate thing, but they ended up getting there. Like, they ended up getting there not that early. I think they got there in eight and a half overs or whatever it was. 
you know, Milan will get there in eight, eight and a half overs. Score, run a ball, you get there in eight and a half overs. Yeah. So um, I think that that wound me up. And I think in the wider context of the tournament, I actually think if they'd gone deeper, if they had got to that final, a lot would have come down to Milan. Because actually, he, like you say, he was absolutely integral today. And when you're playing genuinely good batting lineups, sorry, bowling lineups, you're playing good bowling attacks, you need a bloke to anchor the innings. Like, you, you, I know, obviously, Kane Williams today, Kane Williamson today scored five off 11 balls or something, which is obviously pretty grim. Um, but he's never getting dropped from that side. The New Zealand public are never going, oh, yeah, Williamson plinks it, get him out. Like, the Milan thing is, it's extraordinary, but, it's something we've got. I mean, he's going down under for the ashes. Is he going to get in that side? I'm sure we'll discuss that later, but it's, uh, it's a funny one. We certainly will. But anyway, I mean, it's, uh, it's interesting to reflect. If you think back, cast your mind back to the early part of this year, um, if you will, if it's not too painful with the lockdowns that were in place across the country and across the world, in fact. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of talk about England's, how they were going to manage the schedule this year with bubbles yeah. and um, lots of cricket and some quite important tournaments, not least the World Cup. There was a series at home against India and a series away against India. And then obviously the Ashes coming up. And, um, you know, Root was talking about managing the workload, resting certain players here, there. Um, and essentially what it's brought us is a series loss against India at home, barring the game that got called off at the end. But basically we lost 2-1. Uh, we've been knocked out of the World Cup. by New Zealand. We've been knocked serious out. battering to New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. We've been knocked out of the World Cup and now we've got to go to the Ashes down under. So the policy has not exactly been a success. Not the easiest time, admittedly, to be playing cricket for England or being the captain, etc. But we now really are relying on at least a good performance down under, Yeah, um, I would say, to salvage, salvage a year that's it's not really gone our way. Yeah, and on that, I think I think it speaks volumes about this T20 side. Like, regardless of the the last match of the Super Twelves when they lost to South Africa in a in a good game, and they've obviously been knocked out in the semis. There, they played unbelievable cricket and looked like the best team in the tournament, maybe bar Pakistan for the first four games. Um, but it really does show, like, certainly having players like I mean Butler, the the bloke. I think he scored. 270 odd runs in the comp, like top run score, past Babarazan today, um, on absolute fire. Jason Roy, absolutely the same thing. You've got Livingston, not only like didn't do a huge amount with the bat today, but bowled beautifully, becoming like a genuine T20 all rounder. You've got uh, Adil Rashid bowling West Indies out for nothing. Um, you know. Milan, I'm, I'm going to name him because he wasn't Thanks named earlier. Yeah. Milan um, playing some lovely stuff. You've got blokes like Billings um, in the squad, incredible batsmen not even getting a look in. And you look at that depth of the white ball stuff, and especially the same with the 2019 World Cup um, two years ago now. That's where our interests lie now. Like We're pushing things like the 100. We're pushing things like the blast. People are going off to the IPL. You've got Time Al Mills running in and bowling four over spells and Mark Wood doing the same thing and putting themselves, jumping through all the hoops for all these different franchises. Um, and the, the Red Bull team have got, you know, they're working with nothing. They're playing, they're playing the Bob Willis Trophy in the middle of October, in the middle of a, you know, on a cabbage patch. And you're thinking, like, what is the, what's the end game here for the Red yeah. Bull team? 
Like, what yeah. are we actually trying to produce? Are we trying to produce, you know, seamers and like test match seamers that can go all over the world and compete like Cummins, like Hazelwood, like Stark? Or are we just trying to produce blokes who can hoop it at 63.5 miles an hour and, 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 dying batting's, up, an, and batting's an absolute lottery? Um, and it's just, yeah, I think it's, it's great that the T20 World Cup is brilliant and, and we played brilliantly and, and let that not be forgotten. Like they are a fantastic side and should, should have probably got to that final. Nothing will take away that win in 2019. But it does just leave you scratching your head a little bit if you are a fan of the Red Bull cricket because we're going down under. We've got no Jofra, who's the only kind of, you know, genuine seamer. Woody's not going to be able to bowl 35 overs, five, mm. five tests, you know, twice in a series and twice in a test and five tests in a series. You bring, you're bringing a 39-year-old bloke who has got a few wickets um, and, you, and, uh, and you've got Brody who's not, you know, he's now, 30, what's he, 35, 36. Who are we bringing through? Like, what's happening? What's gonna, what, what, is gonna, what are we expecting to happen? Yeah. So are you, are you writing England off at this point? Is that, is that kind of your conclusion? That what, what, how, how do you fancy our chances then? Is, it, is there a chance? Is there any chance? I, I genuinely think our chance is is the frailties of the Australians. It's nothing else. It's not our strength that's going to give us a chance. It's the potential that we're not going up against the strongest Australian test side. Yeah. I, do, I don't is... think we have... I don't... You know, when you look at the 2010 side who went down there and absolutely, you know, just churned runs for five tests and were posting, posting scores of over 600... And you had Trot scoring big hundreds and Cookie scoring big hundreds and Peterson scoring big hundreds, Strauss, Bell chipping in with big runs. You know, we're going down there this year. We've not like, have we won a test match this year when Root hasn't got over half the runs? Like you can't go down to Australia with one batsman where you need you need big scores. You need you you can't win test matches without them. You're not gonna it's not gonna be 360 runs winning a test match. Um it's just so the only yeah. thing I think we've got going for us is if somehow Warner, Steve Smith and Labuschagne don't come off. And, but I mean, what are the chances of that? Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think Smith averages more than 100 at the MCG. Um, so that's... <laughs> that's that's that, a nice Christmas present for the boys. Yeah, that is from Boxing Day <laughs> until New Year, basically Steve Smith will be batting. Um, whilst, whilst you're having yet another turkey curry. Yeah, cheers now, mother. Or <laughs> you're literally still horizontal on the sofa eating fucking <laughs> pigs in blankets, watching Steve Smith hoop it, actually hammer it through the covers off yeah, his back foot, the, doing weird I mean, follow-throughs. You can't, like, you can't... He's incredible. Absolutely incredible. And Lavishane's the exact same. Yeah, um, I mean, as, mu as much as England fans won't want to hear it, I know, I mean, I can, I can, there's one listener who will want to hear it, and that's Tom's, Tom Wigglesworth, friend of the pod. But I'm actually looking forward to watching Smith bat in some Red Bull stuff because yeah. the bloke's an entertainer um, in his own unique style. Um, I mean, we're going to see plenty of him, I suspect. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I think the one thing I would say about the, the bowling lineup that we have and our chances, I mean, we have been unfortunate with injuries. It would be, it would be a really exciting prospect to have a fully fit and firing Joffre Archer to go down there. Um, I thought Ollie Stone as well 
is is pretty a pretty exciting prospect. Um, and to have a pace attack with those two guys, as and well as, as as well as Wood to come and play, you know, presumably he'll or we can only sort of hope that he'll get a couple of tests because unfortunately he doesn't seem to be able to manage the demands of bowling thunderbolts um, that well, uh, which is a real shame. But if we went down there with that sort of attack and we could actually fight fire with fire a little bit, um, that would be really exciting. Because for me, the, like, the iconic moment of, um, or sort of period in the, the last Ashes series was when Joff Rich is bowling at Steve Smith and, and Labuschagne at, at Lords. Yeah. Um, and obviously when he, when he hit Smith, you know, not that you want to see players getting seriously injured, but the, the, the excitement in the crowd around that contest was just like another level. It just kind of like, it, this is a bowler on top of his game, bowling as fast as he can and the best batsman in the world. And um, you just don't quite get the same buzz from watching Craig Overton bowl. That's no. Uh, unfortunately, but maybe he'll prove me wrong. Um, I think we can hold on to the fact, from an entertainment perspective, we can hold on to the fact that Stokes is going, and uh, yeah, and that is that is really um, where our hopes lie. Yeah, if we, you know, regardless of the outcome of the series, which I think you know to a certain extent we're resigned to the fact that England are. Certainly going to Stevie Ruggle a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, a little um, There are going to be moments of genius from Ben Stokes and we can dine out of that um, yeah. for years to come. So in that way, we're winning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing about Stokes is that, and Silverwood said it straight after the game tonight, Any obviously any team in the world is better off with him in it. Um, and he is a... like unfo- like Well, not unfortunately. Unfortunately for the bowling unit, but like, Unfortunately, he's now just become like a main run-scoring threat. And I was actually listening to something the other day. It might have even been the great cricketer when Vish was on, um, said that he thought he had to bat at three. If he goes, he has to bat yeah. at three. Yeah. Um, and you start to wonder now, like if Root, need, like from my from my eyes, for years, part of me thought that um, part of me thought that Root might have to just suck it up and bat at three. Now he's scoring so many runs. Let let the kid bat like let him bat where he wants. Like he should do what he wants. Yeah. So if he wants to bat four, bat him at four. And if you know, well now like Milan obviously isn't discussed in that scenario. Um, can Milan bat at three? I think it's worth mentioning that actually the last tour to Australia, Milan was our top run scorer. So like, thank you. You know, it's a little bit more justice. Yeah, like it's worth like you know he went down there, he scored a ton, got three hundred. 50 plus runs on the tour like it's not bags it's not the 790 that Cook scored in 2010 but it's runs so Milan's got to be in that discussion as well but with with Stokes he's now a run scorer like is he going to do any bowling like when Stokes gets fired up he's about you know the best bowler probably in those conditions that we've got like he's big he can bowl quick Um, he's big he's fast he's angry that's what you need down under right and I just, yeah, I'm just worried. I mean, obviously the surgery was on his left index finger. So you like to think that doesn't affect his bowling. I mean, he said, I mean, he announced on the 4th of October or whenever it was, or whenever he said he was coming, sorry, 4th of November, that he, the surgery had enabled him to get a hand around the bat. I mean, that's not the most, not the most reassuring stuff. 
but as long as he's gripping the bat, fine. He's better yeah. than most. Yeah. Um, I've seen some some good content. I think maybe it was over lockdown or maybe or when he's coming back from this injury of, of just him bowling at the garage, at the garage door. Oh, really? That was quite, that was quite good content. Uh, I think it was just a wind ball. Just Stokesy coming in off a few paces and bowling heat at his garage door. Pushing it um, through? Yeah, he looks ready to me. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. It was, It was. again, it was a you know flat deck, good carry. Rocking the door kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, the door was rocking. Was um, he getting it up and around the sort of peephole? Was he getting it, that's yeah, kind of yeah. shoulder height. Well, I suppose it's actually kind of eye level. Was he getting it up there? Yeah, yeah, no worry about that. He's bowling a heavy ball. Obviously, you know, the ones that don't quite go through to the keeper are not going on Instagram. He's showing the ones that are absolutely feeding. No, of course. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully he can pull something out of the bag and entertain us a little bit because in reality, no one remembers the fact that the Aussies won the last Ashes series. We just remember Headingley. So, yeah, you know, you true. can have your 4-1 victory. I don't care. If Stokes, he gets his piece out and hoys it all over the, the Gabba, I'm happy. Yeah, and I suppose another bat, bat, batter that, in this context of Australia, you've just got to hope he, he goes there and, like you said, gets his piece out is Butler. Because, I mean, Butler looks formidable with the bat at the moment. If he takes the Rishab Pant role and goes, you know what, lads? Bollocks to batting, with, batting like a Red Bull batsman. I am going to spank you to the cow sheds and you can try and deal with it like Rishab yeah. Pant did. Because, I mean, I was getting up at stupid o'clock in the morning to watch Pant do yeah. that and it was the best yeah. thing ever. I and mean, when he knocked, so, so that was, he got that, knocked ninety-eight or whatever it was. I was just going to say, in looking up the the fixtures for the for the Ashes and where they are. So we start at the Gabba. Um, we go from the Gabba to Adelaide to the MCG to Sydney uh, to Perth. But the Gabba is where the Aussies basically never lose, except earlier this year when famously under the captaincy of Tim Payne, Timothy Payne, who famously said. We'll get you to the Gabba. And he got them to the Gabba and basically Pant just had an absolute field day. And India B basically pulled Australia's pants down in one of the great victories, celebrated around the world by anyone who wasn't Australian. Um, 100%. You're so right about Butler. We just, everyone's just willing him to get the hang of Test cricket and just decide that he is the modern-day Adam Gilchrist. Here's our Rishabh Pan. He's, yeah. He seems to be a little bit caught in two minds in Red Bull cricket. And then we, every now and then, flirt with the idea of picking someone else at, uh, as a wicketkeeper. Um, but, yeah. Um, well, it's a, tough, it's a tough gig for him, isn't it? Because he's batting, you know, we, we're, we're bringing batsmen down to six. That seems to be the play. I don't know whether that can work in Australia when you're asking your bowlers to bowl 30, 30 to 35 overs. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a cricket captain, um, but he's coming in at seven. They need for that. By that logic, he needs someone after who can bat. You can't bring four genuine seamers, like so. For, like for example, you, or or whatever, four genuine tail enders. So you can't have. To my mind, if you're going to bat, bat bat Butler at seven, you can't bowl Leach, Anderson. What? Sorry, Leach, Anderson, Broad, and. Uh, and Robinson or something, or Wood, because you've got four genuine tailenders. So that's why I think it brings players like Wokes into, into the fold, because he can bat at eight. And I think it brings, you know, I genuinely wonder, 
And I know this seems like a long way off after Sri Lanka and India last year, but I wonder if they're thinking that they're going to give Don Bess a go. He's obviously out there. He's out there. He's um, he's in the he's in the what's it called quarantine with them all at the moment. He's in that squad. He's a tidy batsman. There's no doubt that when he came into that uh, tour against Sri Lanka, everyone was quite excited about his his bowling. Is he going to be our spinner? Yeah, they were less excited about it against after he played against India, as I recall. Yeah, yes. Um, I mean, he took of... five wickets with five drag downs against Sri Lanka, and everyone was like, "Actually, this is this will work." This is this guy's the future. Yeah, um, I was going to say. Unfortunately, he uh, he had a bit of a fall from grace, which is a real shame because. By all accounts, he's hell of a bloke. Um, yeah, hell of a bloke. And I'd love, and that's that's what I was getting at. I'd love him to get another look in because I think he's young. He's he's young. He's fun, and I, and I love the bloke. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. Get Bessie in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got high hopes for for David Milan. He's going to score runs for the lads. Ha, um, Hamid and Burns got absolutely no hope at the top. Uh, Milan will score bags <laughs> of runs. Rooty's obviously a god. Um, Stokes the same. Butler, if it's a ball, I mean, surely how different can a red ball be to a white ball? He's the best player in the world. Um, yeah. And then after well, that... Just pipe you know, it. Yeah, just pipe, just pipe it. Just, I don't overthink it uh, for me. Yeah, and always said that. Seaball, Oli, hitball. Ollie Pope looks good. Looks like Ian Bell. Um, looks good so, for 25. If he's playing, yeah. I tell you what, if he's playing under-13s cricket, at, at, uh, you know, at school, and you retire at 25, Ollie Pope gets it every week for you. No problem. And also probably fits in at that sort of age category. You probably wouldn't bat an eyelid if he came out in that level. You're like, this, this bloke's got a great future. Once he's yeah, developed great a little bit. Yeah. Just like Ian Bell. Yeah. Once he's bulked up a bit. Does he be, drive it like Ian Bell? Yeah, he'll be a good player. He'd go far. <laughs> he just needs to imagine he's playing at the Oval every week because... Yeah, you that's me. We want you to go game. well, Ollie Pope. We genuinely do. Of course we do. We want them all to go well. Um, and then we've got Rooty. And we've got Rooty, and we're just hoping that he can add to his bloody 1,500 runs or whatever he scored this year. Um, so tell me, remind me what the matchup is. Him, so between him and Tim Payne, because that's another sort of theme of this podcast that we like, is, is really going after Tim Payne. Um, because so Tim Payne and him are going toe-to-toe in terms of runs scored. And it's been a hell of a 2021 um, for Rooty. And I believe it's the stat. And obviously, you know, please feel free to message into the pod if it is incorrect. But I think if Root scores 80 more runs than Tim Payne in the first two tests, so the two tests before New Year's, he'll have more runs in 2021 than Tim Payne's got in his test career. <laughs> That's remarkable, isn't it? And he's almost, <laughs> he's almost certainly going to do that. I mean... <laughs> It's a stat, it's a tweet that could stand the test of time because if yeah. Rooty gets out there, it, you, there's no, there's, for me, I hope there's no stopping him. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that, that pretty much wraps it up. Is there anything else on the Ashes that, um, that we need to delve into in detail here? We've got the Aussies. Oh, yeah, well, that's who we're playing, yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, do you want to talk about them a bit? Yeah, tell me about their squad, brother. You try and find some weaknesses in the Australian squad. Yeah. So it seems to me, um, and I don't think it's a secret, that winning a series in Australia, you need big blokes wrapping it into the deck. 
and you need blokes whose shit runs. Yeah. <laughs> they're, the t- they're the two That's things. That's the formula. Yeah. So if like just to be a bit nausy with the, the kind of standout performances from the last three ashes, I mean, it's been 10 or 11 years since England won a test in Australia, which is daunting in itself. But you've got Cookie in 2010, 11, scored 766 runs in a, in a five-test tour, which is just mental. Um, in in uh, 2013-14 was the year of the big quick and Mitchell Johnson t- was that ridiculous tour. He took 37 wickets in, in five tests, which is also quite disgusting. Backed up by Warner, I think. But to be fair, I don't have that in front of me, but I think Warner scored five 500-plus runs. Yeah. Um, and then 2017-18, Steve Smith scored 687 runs, which isn't a bad, isn't not, a bad pull either. It's not a bad return. Um, yeah. Now, when you look at us, point, it's, you know, that's a, it's an excellent point. Actually, you mentioned uh, Sir Alistair Cook because he's still playing. Pretty sure he won the champ with Essex quite recently. Scored some runs in doing so. So. You Would joke, he? but his kind of dying out tour in 2017-18, he got 244 red in, in one game when he, he bloody... Would he still be keen, do you think? Mate, he knows how to bat, bat on those pitches. He can bat more. So let's get him out there. Uh, should we, I think we should maybe start a campaign. No, to be fair, I'm banging the drum that we start, that we get new talent in, I think. No, one more tour. One more tour. One more tour. Let's get one the band back together. No, we can't. We can't. Sorry, carry on. So I think ultimately, like when you look at 2010-11, we had big quicks in the form of like Finney was bowling rockets. We had Tremlett, who was a big bloke who loved slapping it down. Um, and then we had Cookie, Churningham, having a great time. And we had Anderson and Broad, who were actually, you know, back then 25, 28-year-olds who could, who could bowl 35 overs. This time we're going with 39-year-old Anderson. Um, 35-year-old broad and expecting them to bowl 35 overs at the Gabba. Tried and and tested combination, those two. Well, yeah, tried and tested. Whereas I think when we look at the Australian squad, I think they've obviously got, um, you know, a brilliant bowling attack. I know in their their T20 side, they've not got James Pattinson, but he'll come in and bowl quickly. They've got a tried and tested spinner in Lyon. um, So he'll he'll slot back in. I think there is another test spinner. Swepson or something, uh, but I don't know anything about him. But then they've got Cummins, Stark, and Hazelwood, who I think are probably the best. You know, one of the best seam attacks. When you look at when you look at seam attacks that could play on wickets anywhere in the world, they're probably the seam attack you're taking. Um, so it's just whether we can, you know, it's just whether we can infiltrate their batting. Whether something can happen to Warner, Smith, and Labuschagne. Outside yeah. of that, they've still got blokes who probably so, average more they, in first-class cricket than we do. They they beat us at home when Warner couldn't score a bean. Yeah, um, he's just just got into some 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 form at the T Twenty World Cup, which is a completely different game. I granted, but um, if he gets any runs, yeah, uh, plus Steve Smith, you've got to think Labuschagne's probably chomping for for some runs as well. He might see this as time to. Just, I'm sure he does see this as time to stamp his authority on the game, not not at the T20 yeah. World Cup as well, literally just shadow batting away. Down yeah, in just bloody, it. Down the bloke in just loves cricket. Brisbane or wherever he lives, probably in his basement, just shadow batting, because I feel like that's what he does. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be tough, 
uh, yeah. for the English lads, but I've got every confidence that we can pull off an unlikely victory. And, yeah. uh, and I, I think it's a shame. I'm very I early in the morning to watch them do that. I think what's sad is that there's there was, you know, in 2019, Labuschagne obviously came into that test side after the hit of Steve Smith. Um, and that was off the back of a really, really good summer in England, like, you know, playing for Glamorgan, averaging God knows what. Um, and it's just a shame that this summer, with the with I've already spoken about the way the Red Bull calendar fell, it seemed like the the Red Bull side of the game never really gave players a chance to get going. Like people would hit form, then there'd be a break for the hundred. They'd hit a bit more form, then there was you know, then there were there was Royal One Day Cup. Then they come back and they try and play this Bob Willis Trophy, and you know, all over the country, most of the fixtures rained off or unable to play. It's just, yeah. it seems a shame that there wasn't a genuine you know, impetus on a Red Bull summer in England to facilitate yeah. Yeah. a bit of a fight in Australia. And then, yeah. then you know, it's now at a point where we don't have, we don't really have any big quicks. I've, I mean, I was trying to look at the Lions squad and see if there was anyone that, if this whole, you know, because there will be injuries to fast bowlers bowling 35 overs in the scorching heat. Is there anyone to come in and, you don't really know, do you? Like I, I saw Sakiba Mahmood's name in there. He can bowl up and around ninety. Bryden Cast maybe, but I I don't know. It's just like it just seems a shame that we're going. You know, we're going without Archer. Um, we're going without, like you said, Ollie Stone, who I feel look, could have done something. Um, like we've not even, you know, Moeen Ali was amazing. This I know he's not a big seamer, but Moeen Ali was brilliant this T Twenty World Cup. He's obviously retired, so his batting and his spinning's gone. Um, Sam Curran's not there. I, I know Wiggs will hate me mentioning him. Um, it's just, a, it's just a. Sh- it just seems, it just seems a, a. And I hate to say it, and I'd love to be more positive, but it does seem a bit dicey this tour. I'm worried about what we're going to be saying come Christmas. So, um, what's your prediction then, brother? Five nil, or nil five? Should we say as England fans? For me, Stokes, Stokes is a test. Stokes, I'll stand by that. I think that's I'll stand sort of, by that. That's the consensus view across like the British media is that we'll get at least one test. Because yeah, Stokes I'll die on my hill. I'll die on. I'll die on my hill with that view. Every test series you go into, if you've got a fit Ben Stokes, you win a test. I think there's a chance that you know. Okay, so what I'm saying is, Root and Stokes are good enough and on form enough that they're going to get us a win and a draw. I think we'll actually lose it three one. I think we'll probably surpass a little bit of expectation. I think they'll get us a win and a draw. Um, I'm not really too sure how. I think it's probably going to result in Root having to bat for about, you know, 45 hours. Um, But if there's a man who can dig in and do it after a nice little break, obviously didn't play in the 100, no IPL for him, no T20 World Cup. Um, I know he's spoken a lot about, yeah, hopefully he'll be fresh and he'll be buzzing for it. And I've no doubt, like, you know, as much as I, as much as I bang the drum that I'd love to try some new blood in the in the bowling attack, I've no doubt that Anderson will have have a day. Um, yeah. And you've just got to hope that Robinson, you know, comes good. Overton comes good. You know, Wokes has a good one. I don't know. But yeah, 3-1, yeah. I reckon. 3-1 to Australia. Yeah, for me, this has got 5-0 written all over it. You reckon 5-zip? For me, you, you, you get to the Gabba, you think, oh, in your beat, Australia at the Gabba. So, you know, maybe we pull that off, but it's, it's highly unlikely nonetheless. 
You lose yeah. it at the GABA, and then suddenly it's bubble life, it's tough restrictions in Australia, it's uh, only root can bat, it's 2-0, and before you know it, for me, it's Christmas, you're not home with your family, it's miserable, you want to go home, it's 5-0. Yeah, um, no, you're that's right. My, that's my experience from past tours anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, my, only, my only rebuttal to that would be, and, and like, you know, naturally in my heart of hearts, I, the, the cynic in me does think that too. All I'm thinking is, with you know, with their bowling attack, their bowling attack's obviously integral. We've said how great it is. They have played a lot of cricket, and it is tough seeming in Australia. Like it's, that's hard yakka. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not convinced that is. I mean, they've not played any Test cricket in ages. They've not that played any Test cricket series, this year. Yeah, that India series was the last time they actually bowled a cooker ball. Um, yeah. and you know T20 is a piss take I mean that's not hard work that's like a couple of days couple, couple of hours running around in the field like, yeah true you'll be right yeah uh, you'd, be, you'd, you'd be right um, yeah I mean you never want to wish injuries on, on anyone but I wonder you know we've had bad luck with our quick bowlers it, you know an injury to someone like Pat Cummins or Josh Hazelwood could very much change the nature change, of the series yeah. completely so you never know what will happen. Um, and hopefully it's not an injury. Hopefully it's something else no. that, that changes things. Um, so maybe we sneak a couple of tests, but uh, for me, it looks unlikely, unfortunately. Let's um, just hope we're going down there with a squad. Most of them, I think majority of them haven't toured Australia before. Let's just hope they love it. They actually love the bubble life. I know that's hard to imagine. Um, and yeah. they just buzz up for it and they just get the bit between their teeth and they have a goop. Yeah, get to absolutely send it in Oz. That'd be class. New Year's, yeah. Sydney Harbour. Sounds good. Yeah, but I, I suppose I suppose the last thing would be to say, um, have you got any, any, any other business, Charles? Any other business? Um, no, no more business for me, I don't think. It's England versus Australia in the oval ball stuff this weekend. Yeah, um, good thing, Dom. And we normally beat them at that sport, so we can talk about yep. that a bit. Um, yeah, on the con- mirroring our test team, they they they've travelled without a few key members of the squad, so they're looking yeah. they're looking quite severely weakened. And if and if England get out a decent side, I think they could. I think it could be a bit of a blood bloodbath. Yeah, yeah. Well, so hopefully that will uh, that will go in our favour. Ireland um, are going up against the All Blacks. Oh, is that that's this weekend? Is it? Is that Saturday? Yeah, that's going to be. Uh, I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday, but that's going to be a tough old game and a good test after Japan last weekend. So we'll yeah. see how we go in that. Yeah, um, no, but enjoy. I've been enjoying those awesome internationals. It's good to get back into the the rugby to use the full name of the sport. No abbreviation. Yeah, I was saying. To, I was saying to someone the other day. Um, quite strange. They've turned it into like a little cup thing. I didn't actually know that. I've. I. I. In fact, I've I've seen that it's called the Autumn Nations Cup, but does is it around Robin yeah. or something? Yeah, well, it can't be because obviously England aren't playing New Robin, Zealand, no. Ireland aren't playing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, there's. I got asked, I got asked by someone the other day who I thought would win, and I was like, "What, what do you mean? Who, who do I think will win?" And I felt like a bit of a muppet when they, when they were like, "Who do you think is going to win it?" And I was like, "Which game? They're all different tests, mate." Um, yeah, that, I mean that that is confusing. I think, I think very much for the players, it's still, you know, test match rabbit. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. I don't think they give a monkeys if they're, you know... It's still 25 pounds a game, isn't it, realistically? So it doesn't matter who you play. Yeah, they're in a good spot. They're in a good spot. They're in a good place. Well, good stuff, right, mate. Charles. Um, that's been a good little review. Hopefully we're going to get some more views on this series as uh, the weeks and months build up to it. But until then, it's been lovely to have you along with us for the ride and we wish you well. Yeah, enjoy it. Cheers now.